Hello and welcome to the T's and C's podcast. My name is Tasha Duffy. And I'm Christine Barnes. We're all guilty of sending podcast-length voice notes of our day-to-day ups and downs of life, so we decided to share them with you. In this week's episode, we have Irish award-winning screenwriter and actor Mark O'Halloran. Our generation will definitely know Mark for starring in his award-winning film, Adam and Paul, where Mark played Adam. Welcome, Mark O'Halloran. Welcome. Oh, we're so excited to have you. We were walking upstairs. I was like, are you nervous? I was like, yeah, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> we're nervous. I don't understand that. Why? <laughs> you don't what think... would you be nervous for? It's just from seeing, like, what? even when we were looking stuff up and doing our little bits of research, and I was even looking, being like, oh my God, yeah. I was like, man, remember Darklands we watched a while yeah. ago? I was like, remember the boxing coach? It's like, I'm meeting him tomorrow. <laughs> like, you've, you work for such massive people. Yeah, I've been very lucky in, yeah. like, sometimes people say to me, um, people who don't know me, they go, wow, you've made some amazing choices in your, in your <laughs> career. And I'm like, I have never turned down a job. <laughs> I have said yes to every single yes, job. Yes, good, yes. So, um, so, yeah, I've been very lucky. I've worked with some lovely, amazing people. I've always had great collaborators, you know, working with yeah. Lenny Abrahamson or yeah. with Tom Murphy, the late Tom Murphy, or in the theatre working with Annie Ryan doing the Corn Exchange shows back in the day or with uh, Wayne Jordan at the Abbey. Or yeah. just lately, I, I did a film last year with Maggie Smith and Laura Linney and Kathy Bates. And then just lately, I've been working with Julianne Moore in the series over in London. So like that, that's like, I've, I've spent a year working with all these divas. I'm yeah. like, I'm, it's like as if I have a diva list. <laughs> oh, yeah. going through. Who's next? Mariah Carey. <laughs> but it's just uh, like that, that film, the, the Miracle Club with uh, Laura Linney and those, like that was just getting up out of bed, delighted every day because you're going yeah. to work yeah. with these absolute legends. Legends, exactly, and, yeah. Uh, and it's fun, you know. Wow. It's brilliant, isn't it, when you can go to work and it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Well, that is has been my entire plan all my life. Yeah, it's like because I'm pretty useless at everything else. So I kind of went, well, I have to do this, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I have to make this work or I'm going to be living in a cardboard box. Um, well, let's go back to the beginning then. Yeah. So tell us, where did you grow up? What was life like? Tell us all. Um, so I grew up in Ennis County Clare. I was number eight of 10 children. That wow. Was, yeah. <laughs> You wonder where does the acting come from? It was like if you didn't make noise and jump up and down, you know, you (laughs) You you were forgotten. (laughs) And uh, it was a small little house in the middle of the town. There was a boy's room, a girl's room, a mum and dad's room. There was no garden, no no huge garden or anything to play in or anything like that. There was a little side garden. And uh, but my parents, I would say, are both were both really good storytellers. My dad, uh, who has passed on uh, years ago, but he was a great singer and he was in musicals in the Ennis Musical Society wow. and he did plays and all that. And I used to go as a young fella and you'd see them doing see Oklahoma or yeah. something like that and they'd be up there. I just thought it was miraculous. Yeah. And I kind of always wanted to do it, but it's very hard, I think, when you, you, don't, you don't come from an arts background and, you know, there wasn't... A, tradition of my my you know my my both my parents didn't go to university yeah. or, or third level or they mm. you know they finished before their yeah, interests you know and to say that stand up and say I want to be an actor they would just have thought I know. I'd had a nervous breakdown <laughs> or something. Yeah. so I kind of did a few other things besides I went off and I lived in Amsterdam for a year and then I kind of did bits and bobs and then I decided okay I'll, I'll come back and I'll go to drama school and I went to the Gator School of Acting here and okay. and then from there it slowly things kind of yeah happened progressed. you know I mean it very slowly like but the, one of the first paid jobs I ever had was I was touring England with a, a 
production of Juno and the Paycock, the Sean O'Casey play. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I was understudy to Johnny Boyle, who was played by Tom Murphy. Yeah. Who was then in Adam and Paul with me? Yes. So like, all there was all these clicks were going yeah, on. You know, yeah. you're meeting people who you would kind use. Of fall, and, yeah, know, the blah, 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 universe blah. is bringing these yes. all together. Far too slow at times. <laughs> yeah. I would say, "Come on, universe, hurry up!" <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, so so it was a series of happy accidents. I never had a plan or anything like that. But yeah. um, and I I kind of enjoy the work that I do really a lot. You know, even like with Adam and Paul. Adam and Paul is such a major part of my life. It's you like know. a cult classic in Ireland yeah. now, isn't but it? I still get recognised in the street for it's like twenty years ago. That's it's amazing. twenty years ago. But I was in the gym the other day, and Christopher, who's the 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 gym instructor in there, he was like Adam and Paul, and we did no. this TikTok where I had to say from, and I had a big beard <laughs> at the time where he had yeah. to go. I have somebody here. What a piece of advice would you have people uh, for? Uh, people who are doing exercise and I went don't wipe yourself with a tato bag (laughs) (laughs) put it on his TikTok which is kind of funny so like and I'm really proud when people come up to me and say oh I love that film I'd be like thanks a million you know it's it's always joyous it is yeah it's one of like it's such an iconic Irish film isn't it like when you mention it you're like oh Adam Paul yeah god I haven't seen that but when you think of it it makes you want to laugh yeah like it was so it was so dry it was so crude it was so Run of the mill, as in the stuff that you were saying is everyday things. Yeah. But it was just the way it was done. It was so funny to people. Well, like I, I came up from Ennis to live in Dublin, and I lived in and around Parnell Street at the time. And that okay. was like the start of the nineties. Yeah, there was boys and girls on the streets, heroin addicts. They were on O'Connell Street. Yeah. They were like, and I saw all sorts of things. But I used to write down the things that I used to see, funny things, and wow. blah blah. And I remember looking out my window one day, and I was going. Why, does, why don't people make a film about that? Yeah. And because the films that they were being made at the time were all about, oh, the Brits did us terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they done us down. And I was like, oh, why not make they a film about the those? They shot up the GPO. Yeah. And they, they destroyed the GPO. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, why isn't somebody making a film about the boys and girls on the streets, which is kind of what I yeah. was into doing. And mm. then I met Lenny and it, it came from there. And so that's where that came from. And, uh, and yeah. It was also like, I remember when, when myself and Tom went to see it in the little cinema that's out the back of the edit suite, when it was just finished, it hadn't okay. been shown to anybody else. Yeah. Lenny said, let yourself and Tom come in. And uh, I sat with it and I turned to Tom afterwards and I said, I'm going to get loads of work out of this. <laughs> and I was unemployed for two years afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> and there was ironic. all these reviews in the English press when it came out there. Um, it said that I looked like a rather clapped out Noel Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> and that it said that, uh, that we were the real deal or that myself and Tom no. were, Adam no. and were these guys from yeah. the street and all that. So like none of us got work out of it. It was like, <laughs> oh, we were wow. like care of the community or something So they like thought that. it was a documentary rather than a film. Yeah. Ways, I think they did. So that was kind of funny. I always laugh at that. I always laugh at my kind of my own self-importance. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get loads of work out of this. <laughs> <laughs> so how old were you at the time doing Adam and Paul? I was, uh, let me see, 32 or 33. And was that your first big film? I'd done a film before that which in which it was called um, 66 Days, which was about 
the hunger strikes. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Is that H3? H3, yeah. yes. H3. I love the way I'm like H3, and you're like, that's the one. That's I the one I got the name wrong. No, but I didn't write that. No, that was the, that's the one Paul I was in. The one, uh, you just started in that. You one. started, yes. And you I, were Bobby Sands. I played in Bobby Sands. Yes, yes, I remember. Um, I had a lot of hair, a lot of hair. Again, those um, bloody Brits. Eh? Uh, look what they've done to us. <laughs> um, but after Adam and Paul, then Adam and Paul kind of changed my life in loads of ways because. I my I suddenly had a writing career which I didn't have before. It was the first screenplay I'd written. So yeah. suddenly they were like, "Give us more ideas." Yeah. And suddenly, whereas before you'd be hustling to get an audition and blah blah, people were kind of listening to what ideas you had. Yeah. <laughs> Paying attention. Yeah. And uh, Mark, just as you're saying that, what age did you move up to Dublin? I was twenty, I suppose. Yeah, because I'm just thinking like I know. My my favorite place in the whole world is Doolin, County Clare. Yeah. My nanny and granddad had, had a B and B there, and I'm just obsessed with it. But I remember back then, I'm just thinking how you seen Dublin life from like Ennis would have been very like it wouldn't have been like Dublin, like you know what I mean? As in no. Yeah, and it then for you to like town. do it exactly the way Dublin was after just living there for like not so long. Well, I mean, I had been living by the time I was writing it. I'd been living in Dublin for eleven, eleven ten, yeah, eleven yeah. years. Yeah. And I'd been keeping diaries about people and all of my writing is about, like, I... Oh, this sounds terrible. I follow people around town, you know? Like, I follow people Not around town to watch, to watch what people are doing. Well, yeah. or, and I love walking around wow. town and looking at people and I take down bits of dialogue I'll hear on the Lewis or I... I might hear on a bus. My mother says that about me. Yeah. She's got to watch what you say around him. I was in Blanche earlier on today and I walked <clears> by this woman and she was on the phone. And it was just as you say about listening to people. She goes, if you eat that can of fish, there's no there's no fat things in that. So she's obviously talking about being on a diet or something. It's just like, yeah, just go home and eat a can of June and you'd be grand. Like, but it was just when you listen to people, you're like, that's good. And people, I, I think I was amazed by Dublin when I came here because yeah. I thought that people spoke beautifully I love yeah. the sound the way that sentences can be mangled and yeah. turned around upside down yeah. and you work. understand what they're saying and you understand what and it's <laughs> and I really loved all that so I used to take loads of notes on that and I used to take loads of notes on watching uh, heroin addicts on the street yeah and what they were doing and what they were up to like their mannerisms and stuff their mannerisms and I liked the way they talk like a baby sometimes yeah. and like <laughs> All of those sort of things I found funny and kind of sad at the same time. Yeah, like I saw two women in their 20s fighting over a chalk ice and one had the chalk ice in her hand and the other had her hand over the other woman's hand and they were pulling it one to the other going, <laughs> is my chalk ice, is my fucking chalk ice? <laughs> and then the chalk ice fell off the stick onto the ground. Oh, so it was no one's chalk ice. Yeah. It was no one's chalk ice. And I thought that that was very funny and really sad at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. The people yeah. are reduced to that and yet you can stand a little bit away from it and look at it dispassionately and say, I'm not involved in that, but I think that's funny. Yeah. But you can still have empathy for those empathy people. For and them, I yeah. thought that's what I wanted to put into Adam and Paul, that you could that you could look at these people. And actually, one of the things that's in Adam and Paul is people are able to step over these people on the street yeah. and mm -hmm. they go, the junkie. Yeah. The junkie. And I wanted people to try and name the people because if yeah. you name the people then you're you've taken away a little divide between you and them mm -hmm. or something yeah the but then stigma. we we made it so that you you couldn't figure out which one is adam and which one is paul yeah. so you had people 
who normally would be stepping over people and ignoring them, struggling to name the people that they would be stepping over. So that's kind of the joke that was yeah. that was in it, you know, like that you couldn't figure out. I mean, it's the one thing that everyone asked me, were you Adam or were you Paul? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Adam and Paul, obviously not a lot of our listeners would know because I didn't know yeah. um, that you actually had a relationship with your co-star, Tom. Yeah, so Tom and I were together for nearly 10 years or wow. nine years, I suppose. Wow. But we had been breaking up and had broken up by the time I was writing the script. So you'll notice in the script, Tom gets hit by a football <laughs> in the face. He gets knocked down by a moped. Me fucking hand and me fucking leg and me fucking head. And I used to jokingly ring him up and go, Tom, I got you knocked down by a moped today. <laughs> Just, right? I, was, I was raging about you. But we were always very, we stayed close. Our relationship had kind of run the... The, the, the length that it was going to run. I mean, I loved him. I still love him, you know. Yeah. He died in uh, 2007. And, like, it took me years to get over it. Like, yeah. years, mm. years. When somebody you love passes away and they're young and all of that, it's incredibly difficult to deal yeah, with. I found it incredibly difficult. And, uh, but watching him on set with that film, like, because I had watched him, as I said, as an understudy, in this play where he was brilliant. And I think I learned everything I ever knew about acting from him. Wow. And then he arrived on set and Tom was kind of a posh boy. You know, he went to King's <laughs> Hospital and like, he, yeah. you know, he was a posh boy. And he was in this, he was unbelievable. Right, he just had switched. He had just switched. And I remember some of the women who were on set were going, I just want to take him home and wash him. Like, that's <laughs> all I want to do. <laughs> and I just found him, like, he was such an inspiration in that way that I, was on set on the first day going I have to fucking up my game here wow. like because uh, he's and I think that his performance in that film is actually the best performance by an Irish actor in a film yeah. that I've ever seen yeah wow. I don't think there's anything would that be can better. touch it yeah yeah, um, yeah. I can't like now I'll be able to, like now I'll look at have it to a different way it, yeah I'll be like He's getting just milked out of it because he was going through. Yeah, he was going through a <laughs> well, difficult break. I didn't like you today, so today you're going to get hit by a moped. A football <laughs> in the yeah. face. Thank yeah. you. He gets punched in the head as well. You can wipe your he ass with a shite in the street. He has yeah. to take a shite in the street. <laughs> I love While you just stand that. and watch on. That is great. Like, that is really good. But that was something it? that I heard on the street where somebody said to, to somebody who was going, I need a shite. And somebody said, go up and use the electric tile on the, on the bridge. And he says, oh. I can't. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> And I just thought, oh. oh, so Tom says that in the film. Yeah. I'm afraid, I'm of, afraid it. of it. I'm never going to be able to watch it the same again. I'm yeah. like, what did he mean by that? And I wonder what happened that day. And why was he upset <laughs> on that day? Oh, they must have had a good day here. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, I think that Lenny said that listening back to the sound tapes that they made, because you know, we had the For, microphones on us all. Yeah, yeah. There was just this low level argument going on all day, top, top stand and that we were told to stand and, 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 and then we're ready go yeah and uh so it's kind and, of and is that hard like when you know someone so personally to then slip into a situation where these are two different people even when uh well actually the, the acting no because tom was so consummate and so brilliant at being in character and being that that you had to go there with him you just had to wow but uh, even with tom and i having a relationship that was over we always laughed together like i was always taking the piss out of him that's crazy because you think they would have got together after the movie but yeah. like it was before and was then before. you did the movie together and i like that yeah. that's amazing that's so special but it's so weird you know like some people's exes don't even ever contact them again yeah <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a good i've got a good sort of record with there my exes go. 
most of my exes speak to me to those who don't (laughs) I will find you wait until you see what happens to you in my next film (laughs) you're like guess who's behind you on Dublin Street me with my book never go out with an actor again (laughs) really really yeah you've got the too dramatic it's too dramatic and you're also you've both got the same stuff going on yeah Yeah, very true you need somebody who's different who's got a different life who will shake you out of the kind of very true self-importance our acting thing should be going on in your head <laughs> yeah oh my god imagine the egos actually yeah well there's egos in other places besides <laughs> acting no, no I, I know say. but imagine like two actors like yeah like, but it's just that be- your world would become very small like yeah I'm mundane maybe you need somebody who I don't know yeah. brings a bit of flavour yeah yeah bit of change so you said that Adam and Paul was your first big script writing job yeah. So you said also a few minutes ago that when you were growing up, you decided you wanted to be an actor. Mm. So what, where did that change come from that you said, no, you know, I want to write a story or I want to make, did it come from your journals when you moved up here or? Yeah, I think it did a bit. And also uh, there's a bit of lack of control when you, when you're an actor, you're waiting for somebody else yes. to, to, to call you or you're, you have to go into these auditions and you're not in control of that situation. And maybe there's a bit of a control freak in me somewhere. <laughs> no, actually, that. I'm very relaxed actually, but I like freak. to, I like to have ideas Order. and work them yeah, through yes. and all of that. And then I began to write shorter plays, but like, I don't think that, I don't think that writing comes from a different place to acting. Okay. It's all storytelling. Yeah. And so the stories come from the same place. You, you tell stories through characters and dialogue. That's what actors do. That's what writers for Writer, drama yeah. do. And so I felt that it was coming from the same place. And I had all these scenarios. Like I like telling jokes. Okay. So I would have these joke scenarios going on in my head and I'd be shouting onto people in various bars and blah, blah, blah. And then somebody said to me, um, just write one of those as a play. And I went, okay. And I did. And I put them on in Bewley's Cafe Theatre. Yes. Mm-hmm. And somebody saw them and put me together with Lenny Abrahamson. And, you know, I pitched the idea for Adam and Paul and they were like, yeah, let's let's go for it. I mean, in fact, I remember that day because I went into the offices. It was Johnny Spears who has this. Uh, he had his offices on Fitzwilliam Square, and Lenny was in there. We went and chatted, and afterwards they were like, "Okay, you know, we'll sign a contract. We'll pay you some money. You can go and write a thing." And I was like, "Yeah, super, super." <laughs> and then I walked out the door, going like, "What the fuck have I just done? Oh shit! Wait, shit. I have what did absolutely I do? <laughs> no idea what I'm talking about." And I went up to this Anna McCarrig, which is this. Writers Retreat Center up in Monaghan, Cavan, Monaghan, one of those places. Direction. <laughs> um, in that area, Borderlands area. And I remember sitting down at the desk and going like, how do you start a screenplay? Like, I just didn't know. So I just wrote, start writing that he was stuck to a mattress. And that's kind of... How it came around. Typing away and making like, stuff oh, up. Something's I was like, happening. <laughs> and I wrote loads of scenarios and jokes and and I put it all together. And Lenny, of course, then was like, because Lenny is world class. Yeah. He was just the right person to work with. He he gave me confidence. He helped to push the ambition for it. And then he made it brilliantly. Wow. Um so like it was it was a really happy accident, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing like how your talent just shone through, how like you didn't have qualifications or like education in like English literature or writing or anything like that, but you were able to your passion just shone through for it, your talent just came through and you just happened to meet the right people. Well, like there's this thing that they push at all 
drama or uh, film screenwriting schools or things, they talk about the three act structure, and it's the three act structure. And by the time I'd finished writing Garage, I'd never heard of it. And I was asked about it at a Q&A when Garage yeah. was screening. And I was like, well, I think my film is a one act film. And they were looking at me as if I was Crazy. absolutely nuts. But if I had known that there was supposedly this template, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it. No, yeah. and Garage wouldn't have been what it was. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so, I, you know, sometimes it's good to learn your own to way too much yeah absolutely and you learn your and i yeah. learn anything i learn i learn by doing it yeah. i can't read the, the manual no yeah i never read the manual yeah or anything. yeah you're like i'll figure it out and get it done it's like my fan that i bought the other day i still figure it out <laughs> you're like blowing <laughs> into it but i actually speak in a garage um when i thought about it when we were doing all the bits i went to see garage in is it Iffy? Is that what's called? The Irish Film the Institute Irish, in the Temple IFI, Bar. Yeah, yeah. I went as part of school. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? We were, yeah. So I think, what year, do you remember what year that was in? Uh, that would have been uh, 2007. Yes. Yeah, so I was in fourth year yeah. in school. And as part of one of our modules, we done film studies. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. So yes. I had, I can't remember what the teacher's name was, but she said where they were looking into Irish films and Irish screenplays and all this different stuff. So we'd studied a couple of bits and then they actually looked in and said, oh, there's this film Garage on in the IFI. And we were like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, we got to get a day trip. We were like, great, get on a bus, go into town. Yeah. Brilliant. And I remember going in being like, garage like what's this going to be about and then I remember seeing the poster and being like oh Pat Short's in it brilliant it's going to be gas we're going to be laughing <laughs> yeah. the whole time it's going to be so funny Ruined and then we all sat in and we all came out and we were like oh my god that film yeah it was just something else it's a standalone piece that there's not even I don't even think I have words to describe it where did the ideas and stuff come from for that well some of the ideas were like because I had written uh, Adam and Paul and I'd written a TV series Prosperity which were all yes. based in Dublin mm-hmm. I just thought I'll chance something down yeah. the country. And yeah. I wanted to know whether I was only able to write dialogue that I had been listening, to, whether I was able to write something that was closer. Yes, to because my you own were life. used to it every yeah. day. And uh, so I wrote, and it was a various numbers of stories I'd heard in Ennis when I was growing up. And so I put them all together. And I mean, I started that one. I knew that he wasn't going to survive the yeah. end of the film. And then spoiler I just, alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> but then I just I didn't have any other plans for the film. I just wrote it. I got up every day and I would write a few extra bits and pieces and I used to take him out on these walks around the town yeah. and the people he'd meet. And I wanted to write about a small town. And at the time, the Celtic Tiger, whatever that imaginary being was around. Mm-hmm. And I felt it was pulling towns to pieces where people couldn't relax anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And and the place of the village idiot, so to speak, in the town was becoming seen as being worthless or something. Yeah. And I felt that that was putting awful pressure on people. So I wanted to write about that. And Lenny really loved the story. And so we went for it, you know. But we took it. It premiered at Cannes, which was kind of amazing. amazing. Like your second film and your yeah. premiere at Cannes. That's like, incredible. Wow. So we, we all head down there and Pat Short. And I think the, the French journalists were like, Mr. Short, are you a... A Beckett actor or blah blah and I was going <laughs> well not really although he is I he's an absolute genius yeah and uh, I love everything that he does and I'm I'm really proud that he said yes to doing the film because I wrote it specially for him and everything did you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. wow yeah he was yeah it's great to hear from like an outsider 
to hear how people write films or how they come up with it. The idea. Like I'm like, wow. Oh my god, I wish my brain worked like <laughs> I that. I really wish my brain worked like that. Whereas I'm actually, one at home going, wait, what day is hair wash day? That's yeah, literally. My brain or I'm like, works. what did I do to that person ten years ago? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> but I also look. I I kind of I work really hard. I I talk to other writers and they're going, I wrote that in six days. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my. Yeah. I, I rewrote that 700 times I know and it took me a year so like I feel that I'm not really good at it but I know how to make it better yeah not really good at it in a second I film know. as I can ah uh, yeah but uh, come like, on like very lucky I'm very lucky <laughs> also with the collaborators I worked with Pat Short yeah, yeah. Um, um, Lenny Abramson Ed Guiney was producing it like so I, I've been incredibly lucky with the people I've met Sound like um, Mary Rosenstock. He was like that, wasn't he? Yeah. He's like, you'll just meet people and it'll happen for you. I'm like, well, here, we're waiting at the door. <laughs> here you are now. I know, yeah. <laughs> we're with you. So you've won so many awards. <clears throat> you brought up Cannes there. They're excellent door stoppers. Yes. They're what? Big awards. They're <laughs> usually really heavy. Oh, yeah. And they hold your door open. <laughs> okay. So you have loads of doors in your apartment, do you? Well, I have one. Well, there's... there's <laughs> Just, best actor, want, best screenwriter. You don't want one at your front door. So oh, oh that's yeah, fair yeah. Enough. Bedroom door, the sitting Because Adam door. and Paul might come in. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I've got a few, all right. Look, in Ireland, if you stay, if you stay still long enough, they'll eventually give you an award for something. <laughs> yeah, very that's true. true. Very, yeah. very. But true. my question about those are: Are they satisfying? When you get those awards, or are they proud moments? Like, what are the feelings you get? Do you feel like satisfaction is in? brilliant I'm getting noticed for my work or is it like I'm so proud that I done that well it depends on what stage in your career you're at like um, to win an award early on yeah, is early like on. that may, means something people are taking notice of what I'm doing yeah. later on in life it might be something that you took on for a whole set of reasons that probably didn't make sense to other people and then you win an award for that and that's kind of really great sometimes you don't win awards at all yeah. and that's fine too you know as long as you don't get addicted to them yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I hate to get you addicted to see, awards. You, you're not writing things hoping for an award at the end of them. Most definitely not. And what are you writing stuff for? Are you writing stuff for your stories to come out? Are you writing stuff for people to learn? I open the app on my phone <laughs> for the bank, my banking app, <laughs> and I look at how much is in there. And then I start <laughs> ringing producers. Going, I have an idea. Ideas. I've, it's a great idea. <laughs> Sometimes, though, like seriously, though, ideas launch themselves into your head and you just kind of go I have to write that down yeah go because with I think it, yeah. it's good I think that ideas don't really belong to anybody yeah you'll find that a certain idea will be in the air and you gotta if it if you if you notice it you gotta grab it quick and write it because okay. other people will be doing yeah. the same thing true um so there's that um what else sometimes just to figure out things in my own head like I I sometimes think that in weird ways like the ideas for writing come about as a kind of a crisis in your own head that you can't figure something out and um i wrote a play during lockdown called conversations after sex okay and it was about conversations after sex yeah i wanted to figure that out <laughs> when's that play going to be on again because i'd like to go watch that it was yeah. on uh it was on in the theater festival in uh 2021 or 2022 2022 and uh, it won the Irish Times Irish Theatre Award Best wow. Play of the wow. Year. Wow! And um, it 
it's a lovely play, I think. It's about a woman dealing with grief and how she mediates grief by by meeting men anonymously for sex yes. over a year as she deals with the suicide of her of her lover. Okay. And it's it's deals with sadness and her trying to put herself together whilst talking to com- relative strangers, yeah, so yeah. to speak, over over a, a year. And it was funny because when I I found out one thing, which is if you okay, put sex us. in the title, the audiences will come. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> and, but also I, I talked to a lot of people who said, yeah, I'm stuck in that Same. Tinder yeah. thing, you know, and yeah. sometimes, I hate it. sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's it isn't not. so fun. Yeah. And I feel to- like there, it's not, it, there's no fun in it anymore now yeah. because people aren't looking for relationships no. and stuff on it. It's just the next person and then the next person. Yeah. That's okay if that doesn't work. It's the next person. But the it's next the, you person. see people doing that on, on the Lewis on the yeah. way home and it's like a video game. They're that's playing. it. Yeah, that's what I, that's yeah. what I said to, because Sasha was like, you need to get back on it. And I was like, no, because I get it. And I'm like, it's a game. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, swipe left, swipe right side. Then it's like, it's a match. I'm like, woo, I won. And then you put the phone down. Yeah. yeah. I don't talk to anyone then. Tell us about yourself. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate it all. I'd much prefer meeting someone naturally, like where you can get a bit of a feel for someone and that sort yeah. of thing. But... Somebody in the play <clears throat> says to her, I'm I'm much different in real life. Yeah. And, you there know, you it's go. a yeah. kind of... I relate to that. I love that. Yes. Um, so it's a kind of a, an interesting... That was a play that I just I was in I was thinking about it. I was single and I was doing the date the dating yeah, apps yeah. thing and I was wondering how do you make sense of all of that? Yeah. And it's it's very much a part of people's lives now. So oh, I was kind of interested yeah. in that. So sometimes a, a play or an idea for a script comes together as a as a kind of a crisis in your life or a, a series of questions in your life. And then other times, like I'm adapting stuff for, for novels for television now at the moment. Yeah. And so I really enjoy other people's novels. I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. I did the Sally Rooney You thing. did Sally Rooney Conversations with Friends. And I'm doing a, 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 um, a John Boyne novel, The Hearts Invisible Furies at the wow. moment. We're adapting that for American television. And so that's... Is that's, that hard? Writing for American audiences compared to Irish audiences. I don't think about the audience, to be honest with you. Really? I just yeah. go, I've got to get it all right. Somebody in America will tell me I don't understand that word. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Word, yeah. And That's I'll fix I mean. it then. Yeah. But I think that they want it to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. Because the Americans love the Irish. They do bit of gloss yeah. and all of that and so you give them what they want yeah, yeah that's true. but also john's story is really brilliant and and really accessible story and so so that's kind of really interesting i really enjoyed that that's a really different kind of writing you also have to you know you have to lift it out of the book and sometimes when you put it down onto the the page the drama page it doesn't kind of work as a drama because it's more interior or just the, the shape of the drama doesn't quite work if you were to put it into a television context. So you just got to work things and yeah. move them around and see what way they work then together. Exactly. Yeah. And some scenes are talked about, so you have to invent the dialogue for it. And some have the dialogue in there, so you might have to rework the dialogue okay. and all of that. So it's great fun. I really enjoy it. Really. That's good. Yeah. And then talking about your plays. <clears throat> so me and Tasha were having this conversation and we were saying like, What's the what's the difference with the feeling you get from performing on stage to when you're behind a camera? Is there different feelings? Are you the same? Do you work differently? You do have to work differently and you have to be you have to be more technical on on film and television because you have to know where the camera is, what uh, what size the close up is because if the close up is in your face, you don't want to have a big rubber face and going like that la la la. And so <laughs> <laughs> because it'll look 
bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So you have to take things down really, even though it might seem strange when you're acting alongside somebody to be kind of almost whispering the lines, etc. On stage, you got to belt it out. Yeah. You got to be bang out there, big arms. You've wide. got your audience You've right got your there. Audience and you got to hit the back wall, as they'd say. Yeah. With your with your speech and all of that. And uh, I mean, I've I've loved the theater. I've always loved the theater, and I like going to the theater. I like being in the theater. And there's some plays that I was in that I really enjoyed, doing Twelfth Night at the Abbey or doing. Um, uh, the Shadow of a Gunman in the Abbey and all of those. I'm not sure I'd go back to the acting on the really? stage. Yeah. I'm getting a bit of the fear, you know. Really? Of the live audience or? Not of the live audience, of me learning lines. Really? Yeah, I'd say yeah. that is hard now. Be, when I was a young person. Snap it all up. I'd be like, yeah. I'd, be, I'd practically ha- not even look at the, I'd <laughs> yeah. know it already. And then now I have to start four weeks before I go into rehearsal. Learning really? the lines. Yeah. Brain deteriorates. It's all the abuse. You'll still be well able to, though, I think. If your heart was there and something that was <laughs> something too good, good to turn down. Yeah. Yeah. It takes up, it, it also takes up a lot of time yeah. and it doesn't maybe pay as well. And you've got to kind of think about those things as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, and I've been doing, I just did six months on a TV show. So, as an actor, and that, you know, it pays much better. Yeah. It was really interesting show and so I kind of want to do things that I haven't done before yeah, yeah. I never had that length of time on a TV show so I want to try something else that I haven't done before okay. Irish um, I'm a big fan of oh, I, first of all I'm very patriotic love my country yeah. never leave <laughs> like I'm like why would you want to live anywhere else <laughs> and then crying into my cornflakes when I can't buy a house but um, Irish films I am obsessed with Irish films like mm-hmm. I think we have some fucking good ass films yeah. like yeah. I remember even flying out I was flying over to America once and you know the film herself remember oh, it's oh yeah I still haven't seen that it is brilliant why have you not seen it yet know, I forgot that you told me I remember because I'll always go on a plane and I'm like Dunn is there is any like so <sighs> talented I looked at the thing and I was like Irish films oh yeah seen that one seen that. I was like oh well, I I was. I remember hyster- you telling me that. No, hysterical. Like I think someone beside me was like, she must be going over to her dying family. <laughs> I was hysterical, like hyperventilating. I like it's our movies are just. I have to say, they are. Even like Sing Street. Sing Street is one of That's my favorite cool. movies. Yeah. Like really, really. really I just good. love Irish films and TV. Like I'm just yeah. like a massive fan of them. The Colleen Kuhn this yes. year, yeah. which was just such yeah. a huge success. Some of the stuff, success. even the television series at the minute. Oh. Like we've had, we've had some old, oldies but goodies. Like you'd like to love hate and stuff like that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You yourself starred in Dark Bands. Yeah. Dark Bands. Which yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. I really liked that. I was doing lots of. Yeah. You were the, you were the uh, boxing trainer. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. But what? And do you have to do that? Like, do you actually have to? No, like, I learn did jujitsu a bit after jujitsu afterwards because okay. I thought, God, this I, is, this was, is was I was like, I was really enjoying this. Yeah. I got bet from one no. end of the studio to the next. No. I did it for about three months. I got bet, and then my he nephew. He walked in thinking he was John Connor. Yeah. I was going like, I, I've taught people this. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, have you seen me on the TV show? <laughs> but I also learned that I have no fight instinct in me. Really? So like, people would be you do these kind of the roles at the end where you try and wrestle with people yeah. at the end of the class and you'd see people going, like, oh, going in and then they someone would get thrown and they'd get up and go like fuck it fuck it but I'd get thrown and I'd be like that's <laughs> like, Wee! Wee! wasn't the attitude it wasn't no. the attitude that was necessary uh, and then my my nephew bet the arse off me in there one day so like, it was just a litany of and getting he's beaten too. up and I realised I wasn't going to get any better and I was just about to be 50 and I was like 
Jeez. I gotta relax from this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But we do. We have great and Kin, Kin yeah. especially as Kin. well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing. What do you think of Irish films and current TV and that sort of stuff? What What's your thoughts on it? Well, I think it's it's there's many layers to it. Like John Connors is making all yes. these amazing gangster actor. movies. He's a yeah. great actor. Unbelievable actor. And uh, I think those are really great. And then there's the Colleen Kuhn at the other end, which is. Yeah. A, quiet contemplative really emotional and there's all that stuff in between that's going on like yeah. i think it's great there's there's a great bunch of actors coming out of ireland at oh the my moment. god like, unbelievable uh, paul mescal and all the rest yes yeah uh jesse buckley bono's daughter eve eve yeah um all of those women in that sh- show is it bold girls bad girls? bad women bad bad sisters bad sisters uh, bad that's sisters <laughs> another great TV series. Just fantastic. And all of the like, women like, in that are brilliant. Why would you want to watch anything? <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to watch that Coronation Street thing But now? then you look at someone like Sharon Horgan who's doing all that TV work and is really leading on producing all yeah. those that especially female-led work. Like yeah. It's just amazing. We're, we're, we're blessed with talent. We are. For such a small island. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. go so on the lads. But you know what I actually love about it is you can look at films from when we were kids. Like as in, I remember first watching The General and The Commitments mm. in the Van and The Snapper, like with my mom and dad and whatever. Yeah. The, the actors that were in those films and that TV are still yeah. very present in our TV and film today. Yeah. And you're talking like, I'm going to be 31 this year. Like that's massive. Like that's 25 years, let's say, since I started seeing those sorts of things on the telly. It just shows the quality yeah. Yeah. that we have in acting, screenwriters, musicians, everything mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. Like the likes of Brendan Gleeson and then obviously Donald Gleeson coming through yeah. and the people. It's just incredible. All I, of the Gleesons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that we're really underrated. Oh, and <clears throat> on. don't get me started. But sure, we were nominated for half the Oscars. You yeah, know, yeah the that's Irish. true. Yeah. Yeah, we Banshees. didn't win any now. No. no. Nothing. Now, what do you think of, Anish, of um, Banshees of Inishir? I loved it. Did you? I did. I loved it. I know some people found it a little bit slow or something. Yeah, yeah I found it a bit slow. So did I. I kind of loved it. I yeah. thought Colin Farrell was cast, though. Colin Farrell was I love them two so, together. He broke my heart <laughs> yeah. in it, though. Yeah. I know. And Barry Keoghan. I Barry don't know how. Oh, Barry Keoghan. Jesus. He played that. I literally, I was waiting for him to laugh. Do you know, the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. It was like he was pretending or messing with his friends. I was waiting for him to laugh. To just bust yeah. out laughing. He was amazing. He's, that's a brilliant performance. Yeah, yeah. Oh amazing. God. And he's going to be the new Joker as well in Batman. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. he got announced oh last year. So the next gosh. Batman film, he's the Joker. Like, like what a... What a career. Yeah. Like, and how well, young he is. Like, he's I only know. in his mid-20s. and he's, yeah, he's younger than us. Yeah. yeah. The absolute bastard. <laughs> How dare he? Listen, you were Adam and Adam and Paul, remember? This is true, this is true. (laughs) I was already past my my sell-by date by by the time I was in it. But then you were in the likes of Brassic and stuff as well. These are massive series. But Brassic was fun. Like, I only do, like, one episode in... So I've done it in three seasons now, and I think I'll do the next one as well. Um, Another great show. Great fun. Rona Gallagher, I play her uncle in it, and... She is brilliant. She was in yeah. um, the, the 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 commitments, yes, and all of those films and all of that. And uh, yeah, and actually, that bunch of people in in Brassic, they're so brilliant together because yeah. they yeah. know each other so well and they're yeah. able to improvise these jokes and everything. So that's kind of fun, yeah. And is there a different dynamic working in England and outside of Ireland than working here? Um, I haven't done too much television drama here. I've done more in England. In England they're bigger yeah. budgets, so you don't yeah. have to film as quickly. 
So they spend more time, they'll shoot more content within each scene. So like they'll have, so you get to kind of, it's more Re- relaxing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not as go, 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 go. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to doing eight pages every day, yes. you're doing four pages every yeah. day. Yeah. So it's more enjoyable. You can enjoy it's it more. It's more enjoyable yeah. and you get to do it in, at a pace that might suit you a little bit yeah. more, especially if you find it difficult to learn the lines. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking back on your career, what are some pinnacle moments that stick out to you? What are the, the things that you'll forever have embedded in your brain like that made you feel so happy or it was a big accomplishment or just standout moments that you've had? I think in the theatre wise, I did a show called Dublin by Lamplight with Corn Exchange. That, and that was the first time that I felt that I'd put a lot of things together in my head and I felt I was able to act. And I was like, OK, wow. And that was around the same time then as Adam and Paul came out and I, Adam and Paul changed my life. So I like I'll always love it. Yeah. And I loved the fact of I did not know how to write a screenplay and I wrote a screenplay and like I put it together and it felt kind of different to other things that were around at the time. So that's there. And then I, I mentioned those two plays that I did at the Abbey, the the uh, Twelfth Night and Shadow of a Gunman. But I also did this um, the uh, an ideal husband at the okay. Abbey that Neil Bartlett directed, which was just, I just loved being in it. I like a bit of a nice costume. Do yeah. you know? You wouldn't think that from Adam and Paul, but I like <laughs> a nice costume. I like a true piece suit now myself. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Lippy as well. Lippy was this <clears throat> really kind of mad out there uh play that was done with dead center who are this company and i know uh one half of dead center uh uh bush mccastle really well and i knew him for a long time and he wrote this play and he asked me to write the play was kind of with with very little dialogue and it was about a group of women based on a vaguely true story about these women who barricaded themselves into the into a house they were very very religious they were all related sisters and an older aunt who acted almost as a mother to them and they starved themselves to death because they thought they were going up to the higher spirit realm and all of that sort of stuff see this is based on a true story yeah it happened out in leak slip yeah 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 in like 2000 and Maybe it was 1998 or 1999 oh or something like that. And uh, I wrote then this monologue, this quite long monologue for the last of the sisters who survived. They were able to tell autopsy-wise that she yeah. had lasted a little bit longer than the okay, others. And yeah. she left the front room where they were all laid out and she died on this pile of rubbish in the kitchen. It was really not a nice story. Yeah. And so I wrote a monologue which was about her last moments on earth. And, and it was done with a... Uh, a video of the actress's mouth talking, talking. and uh, it was a really strange play but it's toured all over the world it went to New York and London and it's incredible uh, Australia all over Europe like it's and it was a real calling card for them like it, it really was their play Dead yeah. Center I did the bit of writing but they, like they did this extraordinary production like it was amazing and I've continued working with them I co-wrote this piece that was done at the at the Gate Theatre in the so it would have been uh, 2019, just before the pandemic, called Beckett's Room. And it was a full play with actors' voices and everything that were that were recorded. And it was the audience sat there listening to the play and all the props moved, but there was no actors. So no teacups way. would move and cigarettes would be lit, but there was no actors on the stage. Wow. And it was amazing. And there were shadows. And yeah. 
Um, so you had it was your imagination it was your imagination yeah, yeah. chairs would pull back wow. as people got up from desks and typewriters would work and like it was the the guys in uh, dead center have amazing imaginations oh my God, like, it sounds like it so i've really enjoyed that collaboration with them like yeah. i love i love it's always an adventure you go on with them it sounds magical like, like, yeah, i'm picturing it? that now being like yeah um, it's crazy how your minds can work yeah because but that was the amazing thing was yeah. people, there was a whole audience sat and watched nobody on stage yeah. for 90 minutes yeah. and we're like oh, I love that and I like that character and yeah. this character and I was like but there was no character isn't it funny thinking though however many people were in that room that more than likely those people listened to voices yes seen the actions but not a person and made people up in their it's own It's like head. when you're reading a book like yeah. you're, you yeah. actually vision these people you yeah. vision what's going on the colours of the room you, everything you saw, like that You saw a kettle going yeah. getting filled up with water you saw cups being poured tea being poured for people Gee, That and, is the future like. But there was, there was a whole load of puppeteers backstage working it all on strings like it was amazing and that's toured all over the world as well wow. I want to go and watch every play in Dublin now I know. <laughs> There is some tickets, great tickets, stuff going tickets, on in Dublin tickets, tickets. There's yeah. some great stuff there's some always some some interesting yeah that's something you always forget is to go and look at a play or you yeah. know what I mean you're like I'll go to a concert I'll do this but you're like yeah that's amazing my mum and dad yeah. called me an abbey actress the whole time I was growing up because I used to be so dramatic <laughs> stop being such an abbey actress <laughs> <clears throat> like in the Billy Barry in the yeah. Eastern Pub remember they used to say they used to have something on your teeth so you'd have Vaseline. to smile the whole time <laughs> oh, disgusting <laughs> You do you used to do stuff like that. Yeah. So have you got anything going on in Dublin at the minute? Have you got plays or anything coming up that you... No, I've just moved back from from uh, the UK after doing this TV show. And um, I... Which was set in the 16th century. So I got to wear ruffs. Oh, wow. And you love a good costume. Very Bridgerton-esque. I love the bit of ruff, as they'd say. Oh! oh. But, um, <laughs> uh, and I had a big beard at the time. I just loved dressing up every day. Yeah. You know, Where in England up. were you based? Based in London and we were oh, filming cool. in all the stately homes all around. Oh, London. wow. A big, 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 big production. Um, and that was just like all the details, the ribbons on yeah. your shoes and the, like the little bags that you would have and or money pouches, everything. Oh, wow. is, and these costumes are hand stitched for you. Like it's just it was fabulous so I'm home now I'm kind of in a more of a, a writing mode so I have a couple of uh, film scripts that I hope will be made next year so we're moving towards them one is about the jazz pianist um, Bill Evans okay. and his crazy life and then there's another one which is based on the play Conversations After Sex which we're, we're adapting at the moment and Lovely. hope maybe to make next year into a film yeah <gasps> wow mm. brilliant Put sex on the poster. Yeah. Everybody's gonna come. They were only talking about it today on Two FM. They were like, um, you know, the way they do the noughties thing. And, in oh, the you know, it's the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were saying that, um, I think, whatever, I can't remember what year it was. Fifty Shades of Grey was out. Yeah. And everyone was reading it on the beach, but putting a different cover. Yeah. Because people didn't want to know yeah. what you're reading. Yeah. That was, kind of, that was all SNL <clears throat> stuff, yeah. though, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. More so. I remember I was reading that book when I lived in England. <laughs> and I remember my ex's mom being like, What are you reading that smush for? Yeah. And I'd be like, It's, not, it's just a story about two people that love each other. It's not. <laughs> everyone, like, the friends. Dis- they don't even the, do that much. <laughs> the disappointing thing about conversations after sex is conversations. After, after sex. sex yeah don't tell anybody that because otherwise people won't go there's no mind. sex in it no, they'll, they they'll just not. have sex in the title of the book yeah. by the time they go oh! 
I heard that guy. They would definitely not be interested in my room because I'd be like, get off me. <laughs> I'm sweating. Let yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, quickly get off me. You're just not romantic at all. Hold the door after you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm doing the John Boyne adaptation and a few yes. other things. So I've got lots on. Yeah, I'm writing a new play as well. And starring in anything further? I think... I don't think I'll be doing any more acting for the rest of the year. But okay. we'll see what happens, what turns up then. And the series you just done, is that for a specific television so it's channel? It's Sky or? Atlantic and Ooh. AMC in America. So. Nice. Yeah. Very fancy. And when's that supposed to be due to come out? Do you Me know yet? Julianne Moore. <gasps> um, These are mates now, right? Bezers. <laughs> um, I think they will start broadcasting it maybe very late November start of December very good and they might do it week by week or you know I don't think yeah. they're going to deliver it all at once yeah. kind of thing we'll definitely be sharing that on our Instagram yeah. page when yeah. it's out it'll be fun stuff. it's called Mary and George and it's really I think it's it's full of fun oh my god really gosh. yeah it's gas crack give I us a that. give us a, a listen to your English accent oh yes I will not do my English accent we're too embarrassed <laughs> Why? Come on. No, I can't. Picture yourself in Get your behind the curtain no, there really and do your ha- put your hands in. <laughs> no, I definitely won't. You'll have, you'll have to tune in, folks. <laughs> do your English accent. All right, mate. How's it going? All right. That's good, isn't it? That's very good. Yeah. Thanks. But that's more EastEnders. I was going it for is. the posh end of things. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to do anything very posh. Would you like some afternoon tea um, later yes, on? Please, we got in. Vicar. 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 Yeah, we're like the common ones. Oh, yeah, right, mate, what's happening? Yeah, that's the ones we do. <laughs> You're not my mum. Yes, <laughs> I am. Yeah, my pub. Yeah. Or we do a good Liverpool accent. All right, my name is Poppy, and I'm from Liverpool. In my own Poppy. In my own Poppy, we Best used to friends. be. You flew to Liverpool. Thing that they have as well. It's such a strange, strange accent. I didn't say do your Northern Ireland one, but not the thing. No, no, not Absolutely not. We adapt, so like we could go on a weekend away. My mum used to always say, "Jesus, that one goes away in a weekend away." With different I'm the same. Literally, I was I was in New York last week, and literally, I was speaking with. Come on. I'm walking here. I'm walking. Can I get a coffee? I want a coffee. You're walking wavy. <laughs> All of that stuff is coming out. And do you, love, do you love traveling? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you? Yeah. What's been your favorite places to go to? Tell us a bit about you, Mark. Not yeah. Your job. We want to know you. After, actually, after Tom died, I was a bit lost and I didn't want to do any work. And I'd been writing for television, so I had a bit of money. So I went off and traveled. So I went to places, mad places like Syria what? Um, wow. Jordan. Really? Iran. Okay. Um, Could have went anywhere in the world now. Yeah, but I wanted to go to. You're like right in the thick of it. Yeah. So I went down. I got on. A, I went to Istanbul. This is before the, the war in Syria. It was like the year before. Yeah. I got to uh, Istanbul and then I took kind of buses and trains and things down through Turkey. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the the Syrian border and then I just walked across the Syrian border on foot stop <laughs> and I went to this town called Aleppo which is like now has been completely demolished but it was yeah. this beautiful beautiful city uh, I met amazing kind lovely beautiful people I went to Damascus and went to all the uh, Palmyra and all those lovely places in Jordan as well and all those uh, lovely ruins and then I went to, to Iran which was great fun I really had great fun and what did what did you do? Just go and 
blend in with the local people or did you go and sightsee or went and sightseed sightseeing and I was on my own so I used to just stop you went the whole place. way on your own yeah wow and I would stop and sit you know in park benches in okay, if, he, if he stopped people in Dublin he was definitely getting the so, following people around he was finding people... a hard with the translations yeah. <laughs> well like Sorry, people say that again like, <laughs> people would come up to you because you they would go do you speak English yeah and go, yeah and they, you're like a free English lesson yeah so wow. you get lots of chat out of people yeah. but then I met people who there was a guy in Isfahan who was like so like really hysterically delighted that I was Irish and yeah. I was like yeah um, and he was going because I'm at home. He was telling me um, secretly translating Ulysses into Farsi, which is the language there. Yes. And I was like, really? And he said, I have some questions for you. And the, he made out a list of questions. When I met him the next day, his first he question was, who is the Lady Gregory? <laughs> and I was like, you got to learn that at school. God, yeah. Who is Lady Gregory? Um, and off. so it was all these things. And I went back to his house. He was showing me, he was reciting Yeats poetry and all of that. And <sighs> They made this beautiful himself and his wife made this beautiful meal for me. So you'd have these, they'd have the crack. Yeah. I was, I missed a bus one day and I would have had to have waited in this town in the middle of nowhere in the desert for two days. And this man and his son saw that I had missed the bus and they said, come with us. We're going to take you to a wedding. So I went to a family <laughs> wedding for two days. Have you got your suit? You're the coming. absolute crack. Like, and I was like this guest of honor. They were like, ah, we got an Irish guy. <laughs> That's wow. a film I want to watch. I yes, want to watch that film. So much fun. I had, and, and I, I've loved, and I've gone all over Europe and I've done mad things. I did the Santiago de Compostela oh, walk yes, and I did, yes. a, I did a, a cycle where I cycled the whole length of the Danube. Wow. Just just to be doing something. Just you know, for fun, know. yeah. And But I do it all always alone and you just kind of... So you like your own company? Yeah, but also you can be... You know, if you're with somebody, you're suddenly going, where are we going for dinner? Yeah. And, going for dinner, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and you, 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 you end up knowing you, more about them. You're doing things that you don't want to do either. And you yeah. want to do your and own thing. And that's things. a certain kind of holiday that's always great. Of course, yeah. But it's not always, sometimes you just want to go on an adventure yes. on your own. And, you know, you could end up in these places and people say, who are you? And you kind of go, who are you? I can tell them. <laughs> and then I want, Yes. I'm a dentist. Yeah. I whatever you want to say you can tell them anything you want wow yeah because you don't have to you're not tied to nobody oh, knows I about you yeah that. no one knows you know you can make your friend up. can't look at you and be like well, yeah. what's a he lie? is not a dentist yeah, yeah. I want to follow him around with a journal and see <laughs> yes. what he do oh my god that's what I want to do it sounds so like intriguing. I'll go places now and I'll be like no I am this prince from this place and yeah. everyone will be like no what? you're not like sorry Mark said I should do this <laughs> I didn't say you could be a prince. That's the only thing. <laughs> Let me be a prince. <laughs> but yeah, you can make shit up or you can you can be as truthful as you want or you can be, you know. Isn't it like sometimes listening to other people's stories or like other people's way of lives, you're just like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so interesting like to just... And just go to all these places that you've never been, these lovely towns, sit and watch people on the street. All of that. Yeah. I love all of that. Love all of it. Love it. So I have a question for you. Go on. No way. You've had every question for him. Oh, Christine loves a good question. I love a good question. I just sit there blankly and I'm like, <laughs> well, how are you? <laughs> if you could write a script about anything now, anything, you're not being paid to do it, anything you want, what would it involve and who would you choose to play the characters? 
that's very difficult. That's a great question. Well, I like the story. Like these are kind of old-fashioned stories in Ireland, but yeah. I like the story of the Gate Theatre, which I acted in a, a lot when I was younger. Was run was started in 1928 by this couple called Michal McLeamore and Hilton Edwards, and they were this gay couple who and Michal McLeamore talked like that and was a very do Irish very well and spoke with a great blast in Irish and all of that. And they put on mad plays up there. They discovered Orson Welles. They toured to Egypt. They did plays all their lives. They were scandalous, but they they were living openly as a gay couple. Yeah. But nobody batted an eyelid in 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s Ireland. They were like Michal McLeamore swanning around in a cloak and day makeup and all of this sort of stuff. And when he died, you know, Simon Callow, the, the great actor, was his dresser at one point. And he said to him, he wrote this essay saying he's the very soul of Irishness. He is pure. He is the Irish romantic soul and blah, blah, blah. And then he died in the late 70s or whatever. And they discovered that he was English. He came to Ireland in no, his mid 20s and just decided to make this shit up, pretend he was from West Cork, start a theatre. So he's living openly as a gay, gay guy, man, yeah. pretending to be Irish with this Irish accent, kind of like this all the time and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. So he learned how to speak Irish and was able to write these beautiful things. Oh, my God. Was the artistic director of the Thaivyak, which is the Irish language theatre in Galway. Like, he totally invented and was like living... Like as if he was taking the piss. He was living a play. Yeah. He was yeah. playing a character. So I'd love to make, because Orson Welles in it yeah. and James Mitchell and all those people are also involved in their story. I'd love to write something about that because they just yeah. sound like mad. They do. And who, who would be in it? Come on. You know, you can when you're saying them voices and thinking these things, you can see people's faces. I don't know who would play him. Really? I honestly, I honestly don't know. Would he, you play him? I'm would you ever star in something that you've written again? I don't know. You have to get the director has to be on with that. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I wouldn't be able to bring a budget or anything like that. Yeah. So you kind of can't, you can't suggest yourself. Yeah. I'd that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, Mike Leamore also, like, he was bald, but, but nobody was ever allowed to talk about it because he used to wear a toupee over his head. But then he was out in RTE, right, you know, acting in plays and they, he would have to be bald in the play. Oh, yeah. And nobody was able to say, couldn't you whip your toupee off? So they'd have to put a bald wig over his toupee. Stop! Famously, famously vain. Um, so there's all of that kind of stuff, which is great crack. So I'd love to make a, a, a series Some, about yeah. them. Um, I think that sounds be... great. It sounds really good. I want to like, go home and like Google all that. I know, now I want to know them, yeah. Look, well, there's loads of footage of Michal yeah. McLeamore on, uh, on YouTube really? of him. Uh, reciting Yeats poems and just remember that he's English yeah. when yeah. he's doing because he's going I went out to a hazel wood because a fire was in my head and you're going like oh my he's from God. Islington no way yeah that's mad so he was it? always playing a character what yeah. he was always playing a character yeah. um, was that even his real name and was he no, here no he wasn't it was, it was Alfred Williams was his name I knew Michal was oh way too God. Irish for him Michal. Yes. <laughs> Michal. Michal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. But you, I, I, you also have to 
take hand it to off. him. Jesus Christ, definitely. Chapeau, you played monsieur. a blinder you there. Played a blinder yeah. Your whole life. Yeah. And actually, when he died um, at the funeral, Hilton Edwards was at the front row and uh, Eamon de Valera walked over and shook his hand and thus kind of ceremoniously yeah. gave him the status of widow. Stop. Because the person that you shake wow. hands is the widow of the yeah, person. Or, yeah. you know, and he was unmarried, so you wouldn't you wouldn't shake hands with him, but him first. Because everybody knew. He couldn't have been Irish either. Hilton no, Edwards. Hilton Edwards never pretended he was Irish. Okay, yeah. Michal was the only one. <laughs> Plumas and everybody. Exactly. <laughs> wow. And there's loads of stories about the, their, their housekeeper was interviewed or some woman was interviewed after he had died or the two of them had died and she had said there was lots of rumours about those lads but I never saw a woman go up those stairs <laughs> in the house that they um, shared together as if like hello <laughs> lady they were openly gay <laughs> oh, there's all sorts of shenanigans up in the gate as well about the you know having infidelities and falling in love with young Fliz, young, uh, young, sort of the oh, young male actor, actor would arrive and was yeah. like, me <laughs> and, you know, gas. I mean, so I, I, I kind of, I, I'd like to make something like that. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds amazing. amazing. Grab the idea, like you said, before yeah, someone else does. Yeah. Exactamente. And we were just chatting there before we start recording and you finally have bought a place to <laughs> touch and go right to the end really oh my god has it been a struggle well i had written an article in the paper two years ago in which i said like i'd been turned down from a mortgage i couldn't get a mortgage i was you know i'm 53 now so yeah. i was like 51 at the time i was like i have very little time left because they won't give you a mortgage beyond for long 65 enough. Yeah. yeah i was getting stuck in a paying rent so you're paying other people's mortgages yeah. you're fine to pay other people's mortgages but you can't pay your own yeah and i knew that the rent is just going to go up and up and up and i was going to find myself at 65 i don't have any i don't have a pension plan or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that yeah so i was like fuck so i wrote this article saying i can't get out of where i am i can pay the mortgage i can you know yeah. i have a deposit like but i can't get a mortgage and then a man who i had worked with before said, look, I'm going to put you in contact with somebody in the financial services. And they said, send me your accounts. So I sent them my accounts and they set me up with somebody who said, I'll go to the banks for you and I will get you a mortgage because I think you should get a mortgage. Yeah. But then they were like, look, OK, this is your mortgage approval. This is how much it is. You've got six months. I don't think they might not re give it to, give you. It to you again. Yeah. And I was like. Oh my God. So I had to go and in that six months, six months find yeah. a place. And I found a place. The people who I bought off eventually moved out two weeks before my mortgage lapsed. So I was like, oh, but the sweat. Yeah. Oh my God. And I found it very stressful because I I've you know, I've probably had three addresses in Dublin in my entire time in Dublin. Yeah. So like I'm not somebody who moves around a lot. Yeah. I owned no furniture. Like there was all of that. I just found out that Ikea could deliver and I was like, hee-haw, <laughs> all my furniture. <laughs> I spent five weeks with an Allen key. And Putting it together. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it, someone, I, whoever can put together an Ikea bed deserves a PhD. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I time here. myself and everything. I'm like, time it, go. It took me 24 hours to make the bed. Oh, wow. 
uh, I, I wasn't very good at it. But I got everything done. I had five weeks between losing the the house that I was in, in yeah. and moving it. So I was able to move things over slowly. It's in the same area that I've lived in all my Brilliant. life. Dublin 8, of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. The heart um, and I, <laughs> I, But I'm aware that I am incredibly lucky. Yeah. Like I had a so very... Lucky. And also I got the mortgage offer that I got before, just before the interest rates I went, went up. up. And it's a fixed rate for five years. It suits me. Like everything worked in my favor. But I'm aware that other people haven't been so lucky. And there are people who are being forced to pay other people's mortgages because they can't get out. And it infuriates me. It it actually makes zero sense. Zero sense. So you can pay rent grand because you're paying someone else's mortgage. But no, sorry, you can't. We can't approve you. And they they won't count your rent as your savings. So even if you are renting... You're paying someone else's mortgage and then you have to use the rest of your money you're supposed to live on to, to save, save in order to get a deposit. Like, it's ridiculous. My, right? my mortgage repayments, even though it's a 15-year mortgage, are less than the rent I was paying. Yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. And it's, I find all of that shocking. And it's something about the way that the the whole industry in Ireland is organised. It's locking younger people completely out of the system. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is... Why would you even want to stay here? I know. And it means that it's funneling money from people who don't really have it up to people who do have it. And I'm like, that's absolutely insane. And most people just want to have their own gap. That's all it is. That's all. They just want their own roof over their head. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm 34. Well, I'll be 34 in August. And I'm in my parents and my fiance and my brother and his girlfriend. And my mom and dad actually moved away. <laughs> they moved to the shed. They were like, right, right, we, we, we're off then. We're you done take with the house. And we were like, woo, don't come back. But they live in Amsterdam now and they're living their best lives. And we're like, please don't sell your house. Please, 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 please. But they're like, we need to sell our house. And we're like, don't yeah. do it. But I've worked my, I say my whole entire life. I had a first, my first job was when I was 13 in the yeah. coachman's up at the airport. And I've paid tax my whole life. Yeah. And nothing. What do I get from the government? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> like it's, you're, you don't reward the right people. And that's what bugs me is that the people who are out there breaking their backs, paying rent, doing all this stuff, you're not rewarding them with nothing. And then even harder for the likes of myself as a single person. Yeah. We're even more on the outskirts because it's like you have to be in a relationship yeah. in order to buy yeah. a house because... You can't buy I'm, a house on your own. No. That's what like, they're I'm, like. I'm no, never no, going to no. be able yeah. to afford what I would want, which is nothing major. You know what I mean? No. It's not out of the ordinary. I'm well able to afford to pay for it all on my own. Therefore, why can't you give that to me? Why are you making things so hard for everybody? Well, it just I, I just think when you when you lock a whole section of the society out of the market, then it's not a free market. Yeah. It's not a free market. No. So it's not a, everyone's got a chance here. No. God, Loads no. of people have no chance of getting into it. And so what you've got is you've got this whole generation, two generations even, yeah. who are working to pay other people's mortgages. Literally. And I think it's a disaster, mm. absolutely disaster. But also it means things like the people can't take a chance with their life anymore. They no. can't go, no. I'm going to try this. Yeah. I'm going to open up a business or no. I might try a bit of writing. I yeah. might try because everything becomes so oppressive yeah. with with the rent and all of that. that um, they can't put their minds anywhere else. Yeah. They're so like, well, I have to buy a house or I have to do this or I have to do that. I have to pay my rent. They have no, 
they've no space in their mind to be creative and do screenwriting or you know stuff yeah. like that because they're so concentrated on doing what they have to do at the minute like to get by yeah because when i moved to dublin first you could live yeah fine mm -hmm. because there was some horrible bedsits but there was also you get a little one bedroom flat and mm -hmm. you pay all for it yeah. and you could survive now you can't no um and it means that things like the arts becomes place where only people with money can mm. can begin become practitioners and all of that and i think that's all really dangerous things go out of balance yeah things go out of balance so i have been very lucky and i'm aware of it but i'm also but also you are 53 and you're saying well look i'm very lucky i've got my yeah but come now. here like this is a great now because the next time my mom and dad get on to me they're like christine you need to start saving i'm yeah. like well hang on a second now we met Mark the yeah. other day. I did the podcast where he didn't get a mortgage. So he was fifty-three. I have loads of time. Yeah, I'm like, Mom and Dad, you can stay in Amsterdam. The luck at James. Loads of time. Loads of time. I once I signed the contract and I got the keys. I joined Young Finnegale. Yeah, and I'm very happy there now. Yeah, um, Finnegale is the way forward, as we all know, especially as a homeowner. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There you go. And these are the times I wish people could see in guest spaces. <laughs> oh, I love that. I really oh, love that. Not yeah. for me, though, but I love it. <laughs> well, Mark, thank you thank so you much. Thank you very much. You are a pleasure. A great pleasure. No, honestly, like, I'm sweating because I'm still like, so we're I. sitting like, Again, it's an Irish thing. So we had Rhino Shock and Sion, yeah. who sang in Eurovision and did everything for us. And he's like, Asher, sure, no, I just, you know. Well, We're really humble people, aren't Irish we? people are so humble. Because if you humble. open your mouth, oh, you'll yeah. get five yeah. phone yeah. calls on the way home. Yeah. You're yeah. full of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this day, yeah, yeah. Who does he yeah. think he is? With his awards. He lives next door to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen his door stopper. He's a weirdo. He follows people around town writing stories. I've been followed him. around by that key bag. <laughs> <laughs> so true, though. So true. So I like our humbleness. Yeah. Because if not, we'll all be brought down a peg or two. <laughs> what is it Kendrick Lamar says? Sit down. Be yeah. humble. Sit down. Exactly. Uh, there you go. And on yeah. that note, Mark. Sit down, be humble. Yeah. Sit down and be humble. <laughs> back in your seat there, will you? Can yeah. film festival. Do you hear a man? Who yeah. is he? Far from can. He was rare. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thank Marco Halloran. So <laughs> be sure to follow us on Instagram at the T's and C's podcast. We'll be uploading posts and stories about upcoming episodes and guests. And you can also email us on the T's and C's pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, rate and hit the bell for future episodes on Spotify. Bye. Bye.